first baseball card of all time is Bob Hamlin's 1996 Pinnacle card. There's three things that make this card terrible. The year it was made, the player it depicts, and the picture and just general card design of it. So let's get to the year and the company. The 90s was the peak of the baseball card craze. So many products were making the market bloated though, and by like 94 things were starting to crash. Nowadays, only Topps has the official Major League Baseball rights. In the 90s, though, anybody seemed to be able to get the rights, though. Topps had them. Donruss had official Major League Baseball cards, along with Upper Deck, Leaf, Fleer, and Pinnacle, and a bunch of one-off sets, breakfast cereal inserts, that type of thing. The bubble burst in 1994. The player strike in the 1994 baseball season is said to have something to do with it. And there's probably a bunch of other factors, like the fact that people were investing and treating it like stocks instead of just a love of baseball cards itself. That didn't help. And there were just so many brands and cards, it was bound to to crash. Everybody could access these things in mint condition, so what made them valuable? Well, nothing. So you saw this crash. 1991, $1.2 billion in card sales a year was being made. By 1999, that had dropped to $400 million. So $400 million is a good chunk of change, but it's less than half of what they had a decade earlier. I won't keep getting into the details of the baseball card crash, but a good way to sum it up is this. If you ever find yourself at a place that's selling baseball cards or you see some at the thrift store, and you see like the discounted ones or a mystery box where they're giving away a bunch of old cards, check what years those are from. I bet you they're almost always from the late 80s through the early 90s. I there, I was at a hobby store that was selling baseball cards and they are just trying to get rid of them so bad it was one cent each. You can't make them any less valuable than that. So anyways, this card's from 1996 post-boom. In fact, you're probably not going to find it in those one-cent bins if you go searching those. Uh, It's from a company also, Pinnacle, that went out of business in 98. So Pinnacle doesn't really have this same staying legacy that Topps or Donruss or Upper Deck has, where they're still making cards today. That brings us to our second factor, the player himself. So Bob Hamlin, he played in the minor leagues for five years, he gets called up, and he becomes an American League Rookie of the Year in 1994 for the Kansas City Royals. And so, yeah, he was a big deal at the time. I bet in 1994 there were Sports Illustrated articles that are like, Bob Hamlin, next new hot thing. 1995, though, he was struggling. His batting average was just 168. He started bouncing between the majors and the minors. 96, he was doing better, but he didn't become like a Royals household name as much because he got traded to the Tigers at the end of the season. Hamlin dealt with injuries throughout his career. He never reached the heights you would hope a Rookie of the Year would climb to as their career goes on. And anyways, he ended up quitting when he was 31. He was midway through a game for the Toledo Mudhens. He grounds out, he goes up to the manager and says, I'm done. And the guy's like, oh, are you injured or son? You can't play anymore today? And he's like, no, I'm just, I'm done playing baseball. And Bob's quote about it was, I was 31 years old, hitting 221 in the minors. It wasn't fun anymore. It just wasn't. So Bob Hamlin isn't that famous of a guy. I'm sure Royals fans that watched in the 90s are kind of like, oh yeah, I remember him. He was the guy with the glasses. But I didn't know, the first time I'd ever heard of Bob Hamlin was through looking up the worst baseball card of all time. And that brings us to another part of baseball card collecting. 
Everybody's always looking for the next new hot star, the rookie, or if you're buying Bowman, their first Bowman card, which is a pre-rookie before they've even set foot on a major league field. So while Bob Hamlin was this hot young rookie star, his card doesn't have value because he didn't continue to have value, number one, and number two, it was at a time when cards themselves were uh, not seen as desirable by 1996. So now let's get to the actual design of the card and of the picture taken. So here he is holding his own name card, which is cut off by a logo of his name as well. And if you look closely at the underside of his hat, he has his name written there as well. Hamlin all around in this card. He's looking up towards the camera, and he has a really serious looking competitive face, but it's a very joking pose. And then we get to the actual physique of Bob Hamlin. I'm sorry, he just looks like a dork. He's a little chubby, he's got a mullet, he's wearing lame glasses. It's not a cool athlete Bo Jackson look. Plus, if you get one of these cards or ever find one, the material itself can get sticky. You'll notice this with different kinds of like holographic older cards and baseball cards. If the material they were printed on was a little weird, it can become sticky over time. So watch out for that. Plus then we've got the 1996 Pinnacle logo in the corner. It didn't age well. It looks a little stretched and cool in the 90s, but not cool now. Plus it covers part of his hat. Oh, and one final thing, the lights reflecting off his glasses on the picture. So what was the point of all this? I guess what I'm trying to get at is baseball cards, it's not just about capturing the present moment, it's about a legacy to them, about something special you're hoping will still develop. That's why, like, Mike Trout's rookie card is worth something, because he's considered the best baseball player right now. So if you have him when he was just starting, you know that, ooh, this is like the first edition before he really blooms and grows. Meanwhile, with this card, Bob Hamlin's already passed his peak, He's a name we don't remember, the design is terrible, and the time that it was released during was kind of the bust time for baseball cards. But in a way, this card has its own legacy as the worst baseball card ever. I'm sure there's a lot of cards made in the mid-90s, late-90s that no one has ever seen or noticed since they came out. But meanwhile, there's multiple articles about this one because it is awful. I love it. Thanks for listening. Quick aside here at the end. So after I recorded this, I got curious, how much is this card going for these days? It's probably still like 50 cents, right? That's what I bought it for like two years ago when I got it at a local card shop. Well, no, actually. So there's been a during the COVID times boom in baseball card prices and interest in baseball cards. And I guess that even goes for what's considered the worst card. It has a cult following now where it's being sold on eBay as, hey, it's the worst card of all time. Take a look. Buy it. It is gone for 50 bucks. And I checked. That wasn't just some scammer trying to sell it. Somebody actually bought it for $50. And maybe you can get a deal, get it for 25 or 20 I don't know if I'd really recommend that. But there you go. I know how the stock market works now. Pick the worst thing you can think of. That's kind of what happened with GameStop. So who knows anymore? I thought that was a fun aside at the end.